Hello and welcome to the St. Francis Sunday Sermon Podcast for this, the 27th Sunday after Pentecost, the Feast of Christ the King. Our sermon this week comes from the Reverend Christine Trainer, and we hear musical selections from the St. Francis Choir. Enjoy and have a blessed week, my friends. Well, this 
Lamar, which we've been reading, to the Gospel of John. And in the story, you have Jesus being interrogated by Pontius Pilate in the Praetorium. It's a story that we hear on Good Friday as well. Of the four Gospels, John has the greatest emphasis on Jesus' divinity, and so it's no surprise that John has the most detailed account of the interrogation with Pilate. Unlike Mark, where Jesus is completely silent, like a lamb led to the slaughter, or even in Matthew and Luke, where Jesus just says, it as is as you say. In John, Jesus talks in detail about the nature of his kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, and it does not bow down to the authority of this world. Jesus' assertion that his kingdom is not of this world is a bold statement that the Roman authorities have no authority over him, he's saying. And to John's readers, which were probably in late first century, the Romans are not only their oppressors, but they have also destroyed the temple, the place where God resides. Jesus' claim that God now resides in a place that the Romans cannot touch is blasphemous. He is saying that, it's act that God is actually now in the community of the faithful, in John's community. They are at once in this world, but not of this world. And they are the followers of the one who is the way and the truth and the life. Jesus' confrontation with Pilate is an example of the power of civil disobedience at its best. Civil disobedience is about believing in the right action of standing up against unjust law to the point where you will even invite punishment for violating it, knowing that the power of your conviction and the willingness to sacrifice for it will demonstrate most effectively the injustice of the law. In the past century, great faithful leaders such as Dolores Huerta, Rosa Parks, Mohandas Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Diane Nash, and Martin Luther King Jr. have followed Jesus' model and invited imprisonment for violating laws they believed were contrary to the laws of God. In fact, many of the most substantive changes in the world have involved jail sentences and even martyrdom. Our very nation exists because the founders were willing to commit treason against the crown, saying in effect to King George, your kingship has no power over us. Jesus' civil disobedience begs the questions, as a follower of Jesus, what causes would you be willing to be in prison for? Which causes would you be willing to die for? The conversation between Jesus and Pilate is one of great power. Each owns his own authority. Pilate is temporal authority as a Roman official, and Jesus is cosmic authority as the Son of God. And for this brief passage before Pilate's power is destined, they meet in this amazing place where they use their power to try to grasp the truth. Pilate is trying to discover it, and Jesus is trying to share it. In America, we all possess degrees of power and privilege, some of us having more than others. How do we use that power? Do we use it to protect and grow our own power, as Pilate eventually did by washing his hands of Jesus' death? 
or do we use it to seek and share a greater wisdom? For a moment, I ask you to think about the power relationships in your own life. Where are the places where you have power over others? And how can you exercise that power in ways that seek and serve Christ in them? Where are the places where others have power over you? And how can you offer truth in those places, in ways that open up the eyes and hearts of the powerful to Christ's love? The charge of kingship is a central question of Jesus' trial before Pilate. Jesus never answers Pilate's question, are you king of the Jews, in a straightforward way. Rather, in other, as in other parts of the gospel, Jesus communicates some of the most important messages about who he is and what he is doing by his actions. Here, John uses the trial and the crucifixion to display Jesus' kingship and the faithfulness of those who reject him and the faithfulness of those who are converted, the centurion and the other criminal that is crucified alongside him. The temple authorities accuse Jesus of trying to be a king. Pilate tries to make Jesus admit he is king, and Jesus will have none of it. Why? Well, I wonder if it wasn't because being king is a kind of setup. Everyone wants you to provide a vision, but no one wants you to tell them what to do. So what is the alternative? Jesus lays it out. You say I am king. You say I am king. I was born and came into the world for one purpose to bear witness to the truth. And then Pilate asked the key question, of course, what is truth? Jesus rejects kingship in the way we understand it. Instead, he is all about truth. It is the content of the message, the content of the life of Christ, that is the key, that not the edicts of some ruler that we try to make Jesus out to be. We run off the rails when we try to make Jesus into a king. First off, it sets up an empire dynamic where we try to believe that our king is bigger or better than another's king. How much energy and blood has been shed over that problem? And even more, we lose the focus that Jesus actually says we need to be about. What is that vision? Look at the life of Jesus for the answer to see love continually, to see joy continually sought, to see justice continually fought for. That is the vision. We've got it. We don't need a king for that. What we need is to go and do likewise.